Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome and happy Wednesday. We are officially halfway through the week. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you this morning. Today it is going to be a warm one with a high of 76 degrees. Tomorrow will be even warmer though with a high of 79. That warm trend continues into Friday and the weekend with highs of 80 degrees. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, has more weather details coming your way a little later. Coming up, we hear from Sylvia Kehoe on an adhesive patch technology for disbudding the cells that cause horns to grow on calves. Pam talks with Ashley Hewen with Steffes Group on their top 10 list that caught people's attention for auction. Also coming up, we hear from Sally Ladston of DPI on how agriculture teacher numbers are looking, as well as we catch up with the 75th Allison Dairyland, Taylor Schaefer. Don't turn that dial and be sure to stick around with us today on this Farm Radio Network. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. In the agricultural world, we have equipment to put the seed in the ground, take it all the way through its growing season, and put it in the bin. I would definitely recommend Ziegler. The equipment they sell and service is amazing. They care about you, they care about your businesses. They're there to help you, and that's their number one job. Whether you're a large farm, small farm, Ziegler has the equipment that's gonna take care of you and fit your needs, and the support and people to back it up. Reliability is everything, so that's why I choose Ziegler. For agriculture equipment, ZieglerAg.com. Whether it's the sound of the carnival or the taste of the cotton candy or your first blue ribbon, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs to offer cash prizes for your fair stories. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there is no limit, so tell us all of your stories. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. Some chores with animals we've been doing for years. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but have we been doing it the best way possible for man and beast? And uh, Charity, you found someone at one of our local colleges that has uh, made things better for calves. That's right, Bob. Traditionally, caustic paste or a hot iron is used to singe off the cells that cause horns to grow in calves. And paste has grown in popularity in recent years, but there's not much research on how much of that product to actually use. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Sylvia Kehoe, UW-River Falls professor of dairy science, has been working on an adhesive patch technology for disbudding the cells that cause horns to grow. She shares more on what the applicator is and how she developed it. It's So it's a device that... The idea is that it would come prepackaged with the caustic paste already in it, along with an adhesive of some kind, and then a cover on that. And so it's supposed to be 
really easy and ready to use. You peel off the cover, you find the calf horn bud, and you just place it on the horn. And then the caustic paste does its work. What is your background that made you have such a passion for the health and welfare of dairy cattle? I've just been working with calves for the last probably 20 years. And just, you know, this was one of those things that was just so apparent that there was a need for some consistency, making it easier. And as much as I I love helping calves and helping them thrive, I almost find this applicator better for the people that are using it because it's so much easier and safer for them. So to me, it's a it's a win-win for both. And it just goes back to working for so long with dairy cattle, but being focused on calves. Can you take me through the process of what it took you to develop it and how you got started? I'm sure there was probably some trial and error along the way. Can you take me yeah. through that? Yeah, it's been a long, long process. Well, what feels like a long process? I know there's other inventions that have taken longer, but I was out at our farm with a student and I had just gotten back from a dairy challenge. And that's where we take a team of students and we visit different farms and the students um, compete in a competition. And so I'm the advisor for that group. And so I get to go out and I see a lot of farms in a lot of areas of the country. And I had just come back from a farm that the wounds from the paste were very large and very inconsistent. And I was with a student at our farm, and we were talking about the pasting process. And she had never pasted calves, and and I had done it a little bit, but not very much. And so I was showing her how to do it, and we both stayed and we watched the calf. And we were talking about how it would be great to have something that would make this more more of a consistent process. And really, we were talking about the whole idea of how much paste do we really need? How do we know how much to put on? The directions on the paste are very vague. It's just apply a quarter size amount. It doesn't talk about anything, you know, how, you know, how much in that quarter size amount. So we're discussing all these things while watching the calf. And we realized both of us how painful the process is for the calf as well. And before you know, I had put the paste on and walked away. I never stuck around to watch the calf. (laughs) And so this inspiration came from this, just standing there with the student explaining the process. And so a, a colleague of mine and I applied for a small grant from WISIS. They gave us some, uh, some startup funding. And then I applied for a dairy innovation hub bigger grant to be able to pursue this further. Wysis basically introduced me to Dr. John Obioloden, who's at UW-Platteville, and he worked in part in their innovation hub for, for Wysis. It's people that are helping other people with their inventions. And so Dr. John, is a, he has a 3D machine, and so he was the one that was going to work with me to do the prototype for this applicator. And I give a lot of credit to him as well. I told Weiss it should be a dual award, but they said, no, no, <laughs> you know, you just, you know, tell them a thank you in your speech. And so he and I sat and we went through five, five different prototypes 
And we finally just kind of came back to a much more uh, simple one because our other prototypes were more complicated and involved and there were air holes and, you know, and none of them worked really well. And so we actually kind of came back around to this, um, just a simple little flat patch. And so, you know, we've tested it. Our biggest struggle probably was finding adhesive to keep it on the calf. So there was a, a number of tests with different adhesives. So what does this mean for farmers? What is the impact that's going to have on them in their daily operations? Well, I hope that it will make their lives much easier. And so currently, one of my other colleagues at the university, Dr. Kate Krutzinger, she just started with us. Her and I are doing a trial where we're looking at the appropriate volumes of paste that you would put on the calf. And what we're finding is you need a lot less paste than we ever thought that you needed. And we're talking minimal. And and we haven't found the right level yet, but between 0.2 and 0.4 of a mil of paste, which if you look at the normal amount of paste that people are putting on, it's closer to one mil. And so the applicator that we developed has, it holds 0.4 mils in it. And so what I'm hoping is that this applicator will apply a minimal amount of paste that we're seeing will do the job just fine. It'll be less painful for the calf because you know the more the more caustic paste the more painful i would assume although we're doing that um we're that's our hypothesis right now and that's what we're looking for results for but the applicator will 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 have less paste which will be less painful for the calf it will be more consistent because the less paste the less likely it is to make a huge wound and run off the calf's face or get rubbed on all sorts of body parts. Um, And then it'll be safer for the person because from personal experience, what I've found is both talking to workers and my own personal experience, it can be tricky to restrain a calf and put this paste on and especially multiple calves as you do them in a, in a line and not rub it on yourself somewhere. And so, so my hope is again, it'll apply a lesser amount of paste that will give more consistent results, be less painful for the calf, be safer for the worker and just overall show our consumers that, we're trying to do what's best for the calf. Do you have a license for this product or how do you plan on marketing it when it gets to that point? Right. So WISIS is an organization that specializes in that. And so because I was working with them, they patented the product. So they have their legal system that patents the product. And then they developed a license for it. And there has been a purchase of that license. And so At this point, the person or company that purchased the product, it's up to them to commercialize and market and distribute it. So at this point, it's out of my hands, and I'm just hoping that it gets on the market sooner than later. It's a a really great product. I hope it gets out on the market 
And I hope it's at a price that that farmers can, you know, easily purchase, and especially for their workers. One of the other things that I didn't mention is with paste, when it goes on the calf or gets on a person, you can't just wipe it off. You can't just wash it off. You have to actually neutralize it because it burns even if it's washed off. And so, you know, it's just these safety concerns that that are out there with the paste. And and even though, you know, it's, it's a great product, um, a lot of people aren't trained correctly to use it. You know, so I'm hoping that this applicator just makes that process so much smoother. Sylvia Kehoe, UW-River Falls Professor of Dairy Science, on her research into developing a calf disputting applicator. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. What I would tell people is that you don't have to be in pain anymore. Meet Dr. Justin Garzone, Medical Director at QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in using advanced regenerative medicine to give people lasting relief from chronic joint pain. What's exciting is that I get to see patients with our treatments actually get better. Have you discovered regenerative medicine? It's an all-natural way to use the power of your own body to restore and repair damaged tissue. We're using things that are already in your body, and we're simply concentrating them and then put it in an area of your body that you're having the pain so that your body can start the regenerative process, the healing process. For pain in your knees, hips, back, shoulders, don't assume the old treatments are the only treatments. Avoid drugs and surgery and get lasting relief. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether? Like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see. What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps, life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome back on a Wednesday morning. I'm Charity Seebecker in for Farm Director Pam Youngke. It is time for your Comfier Financial Ag Weather Update. We have Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, how are things looking now that it's kind of starting to dry up some? It's drying a little bit. You're right, Charity, but a little foggy in some areas, too, especially toward La Crosse and Mauston and even uh, west and north parts of Madison. Kind of a foggy start this morning. Uh, Almost anywhere you'll find that this time of the year, especially low-lying areas and things like that. But through the day, sunshine will return, so we'll brighten up, and we are still in for a very fine September day with temperatures a little on the above-normal side, warming up as we head toward Thursday and Friday. 
At the same time, some rain chance will begin to edge in. That front we've talked about a day or two has dropped on into Wisconsin, oh, lining up from South Dakota through Minnesota into central Wisconsin, into central lower Michigan, kind of meandering, waving north and south along its run. The problem we're seeing is low pressure is strengthening out in the Rockies, Montana, and Wyoming, and that system will travel east, pull that front in as a warm front, bring some more mild, moist air in, and even some moisture from a Tropical Storm K. That's all going to lead to some rain chance. Nothing on the radar at this point that we're worried about. It's way out in Wyoming and Montana. But I expect that the rain will begin to develop, push on into the Dakotas and Minnesota and most likely into our area, I'd say toward La Crosse by late Friday. The rest of us Friday night into Saturday, some showers and thunderstorms develop and rain amounts upwards to a half inch or even more. Certainly a possibility as we start heading into the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back. It's Charity here with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. So we're going to see some warm weather, but how long does that really take for that ground to be ready for field work, Stu? Oh, that's an unfortunate thing, Charity. You know, depending on how much rain you had, we could use a lot more warmth and a lot more breeze. Then again, we were on the drier side in many locations, so that moisture did have a chance to soak in, too. Kind of uh, unfortunately play it by your field situation. But we certainly could hope for more breeze, but at least the sun is going to help. Let's talk about that Compure Financial Ag Weather update, and that does include some patchy fog early on, especially in the west and southern Wisconsin elsewhere, very patchy. Look for skies to become mostly sunny later today. And the temps in the mid and upper 70s, upper 70s in western Wisconsin, winds will become east about 5. Overnight, a partly cloudy sky, mid to upper 50s, east winds at 5. Mostly sunny on Thursday, a pretty fine day. A lot of upper 70s. There could be an 80 at Lacrosse with the south winds at 5 to 10. There's that warm front then helping warm us up. Partly sunny Friday, 80, even low 80s at Lacrosse, but that chance of a shower. Friday afternoon, Lacrosse and Boston overnight, then Friday night into Saturday across the state. South winds 5 to 10 Friday. Hold on to south winds, maybe gusting to 15 on Saturday, but that's when the rain builds in. So hopefully, Charity, we get enough drying. Uh, as we head through today and tomorrow to get something done because unfortunately i expect as the weekend gets underway we're going to have some of that rain edging back in in eastern wisconsin not till late saturday afternoon or saturday night but western wisconsin will probably have it starting the day so the moisture is going to return so just be real cautious yeah, it sounds like if people need to get in their fields, they better be doing it now if they can, depending on where they're at. Because like you said, if it's going to start raining again, who knows how much even longer it's going to take to dry back up. Yeah, and I don't see that rain just ending quickly. A little scattered shower activity could stick around into early next week, too. So we're looking at another three or four days of, of waiting time if that happens. Well, you heard it here, folks. That was your Compier Financial Ag Weather Update. 
from Compeer Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. You can visit Compeer.com. And that was Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, giving you the look at the upcoming weather and some really good insight into potentially getting into the fields now before that scattered rainfall happens again. We have more news coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. If you have a need, we have the seed that outperforms the rest. Dairyland Seed led the field in yield in 2021 first and university trials with 255 top five finishes in corn, 77 top five finishes in soybeans, 272 top five finishes for silage, and a 6.3% average yield advantage with Hyberforce 4400 alfalfa. And we're bringing the yield again in 2022. Get the latest updates on this year's performance results at DairylandSeed.com. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the Bright Star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you have a concern about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is gonna tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. 
Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You fire Mike Pedden as a defensive coordinator. The Vikings pick him up and make him assistant head coach. And then Zadarius Smith, uh, one of your team captains, he blows out his back in the weightlifting room in the summer of 2021. Uh, and the, t- the Packers doctor says, you're okay. Just let our trainers handle this. We'll go, we'll go chiropractor on this, and you should be fine. And he goes, you know, I'd like a second opinion. And his agent gets a doctor in L.A. who says, you know, Rob Gronkowski had the same thing. We extended his career. You know, let's let's take that care of that for you now. He gets the surgery, and he had, he says it put him at odds with the Packers. They like started ignoring him, yeah. not talking to him. And then, of course, they don't bring him back. They don't bring back a guy who just turned thirty last week with the bulging disc and pay him fifteen million. And he, you know, t- was in talks with the Ravens. But then he says when he talked to Daniel Hunter, and then his outside linebacker coach Mike Smith, he defected from the Packers over the Vikings. Rashawn Gary loved that guy, loved that guy. And they also sign a guy like, you know, Shannon Sullivan. I mean, the next thing you know, you know, you're, you're putting all this inside information and intel into the Vikings. So then, you know, Zadarius is all fired up. You know what a big personality is and a spark and something that gets the crowd going over there, you know, inside U.S. Bank Stadium as well. I thought one brilliant play that they did is, I mean, obviously the Vikings did their homework. In the preseason with this younger offensive line they've got before they can get Bakhtiari or Alton Jenkins back, they've, they've promoted Jake Hansen from backup center to right guard. They think that he's really made nice progress in the last two or three years. I thought I saw him whiff on some blocks in the preseason. And then, sure enough, they send Zadarius not over Yash Nyman, who actually had a pretty good game. You know, you, you notice they kept on running the football to the left-hand side? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because they know that Jake Hansen and Royce Newman are clearly seven out of eight times when they tried to run the football. Or or A.J. Dillon, remember when they got stuffed? Yes. They, went eight, they went 80 yards and they get stuffed on a fourth and one? Yeah. You know? They run it to the left-hand side. Vikings knew that. Zadarius knew that. He came around the end and grabbed, you know, Quadzilla from behind and prevented him from getting that uh, touchdown. So uh, uh, Zadarius lines up, and instead of trying to beat Yash Nyman, he lines up on the other side, and he goes right for the right guard. Jake Hansen gets through, and that's when he clobbered, you know, Aaron Rodgers and got the sack. And then on another play, the Packers have now given up on their straightforward running game, so they're, they're trying to do tricks like, you know, reverse end runs to the rookie, Romeo Dobbs, who's running off to the left-hand side. So there's Rodgers as the lead blocker on Zadarius Smith, and so Zadarius talked about that after the game. If you don't know, the cameras caught you after Aaron tried to block you and you guys stood up. 
Did you talk about that moment a little bit? <laughs> the cameras are right on you guys. You know what? I was telling him he's not a blocker. Stay, be a quarterback. That's what you want. Um, he tried to block me. I think it was a reverse. Yeah, on the reverse, man, and I got a good chance to get a lick on him. But it's all good, man. It's still football. We're just having fun with it, man. Any words exchanged on that first sack with him? Uh, with Aaron? Yeah. No, I just wanted to do my dog crawl. I haven't done it in a while. You know, uh, I had a chance to not play as much last year, but to get an opportunity to come back on the field is a blessing because six months ago I thought football was over with for me. So to have this opportunity and have my coaches come here like Mike and uh, Pitt and great guys, man, and uh, Quasi for giving me the opportunity and the owners, man, they love me here. So I'm just happy and excited to be here, and I just can't wait. I did feel bad for Rodgers when he uh, threw that block and then he tried to get up the jaw at Zedarius and then he tripped and fell again. That's, mm, that, that, yeah. that's, that's tough when you're trying to talk some smack, Mike. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, what is the deal with 18 Justin Jefferson <laughs> running wide open? He's still open. He's still running open, Mike. Like he was invisible, like he had a red shirt on. Hey, you can't touch this guy. I mean, it was just it was crazy. I, even Justin Jefferson was kind of surprised. Now, they kept moving him around. But, you know, somebody asked him, how, how could nobody in the Packers cover him like on that 64-yard catch and run? You're just open wide over the middle. And Kirk Cousins makes that beautiful step up, okay? He steps up into the pocket and then launches that ball to a wide-open Justin Jefferson who was talking to reporters after the game. You talking about the wide open one? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really preparation. Uh, us running the, the play in practice all week, it left me wide open. So, I mean, we will take the game, get some extra yards. And were you surprised how open you were? So <laughs> uh, kind of. Um, uh, when I caught the ball, I was definitely looking for somebody to be there. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> we'll take it, just like I said. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you on this Wednesday morning. In case you missed the weather update earlier, today is going to be a warm one with a high of 76 degrees. Tomorrow will be even warmer, though, with a high of 79. That warm trend continues into Friday and the weekend with highs of 80 degrees, so be sure to get out and enjoy the last of potentially what we could have before that fall and cold front comes in. Coming up later, we hear from Sally Ladston with DPI. But right now, Pam shares an auction update from the Steffes Group. It's a Wednesday, and that means it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Group. S-T-E-F-F-E-S Group.com. Ashley, you and our regular connection with all the activity that's been swirling with the folks from the Steffes Group. Remember, they are uh, online, across social media, and of course, at your events, getting these auctions going. Boy, Ashley, I was at the SteffesGroup.com taking a look at uh, how these sales still remain so robust. We're now one week closer to the harvest in Wisconsin. We've already started corn silage in some areas. And I see you've got your top 10 list for the month of August. Those would be the items that sold that caught, caught people's attention, huh? Yeah, I really do. So, I mean, if you put it into perspective, it just seemed like August uh, in the past years have been kind of a lull. And uh, for whatever reason, this, this last year or two, it's really been picked up in August. And a lot of people have chose to sell in August. Uh, obviously, the weather's good and, and prices are strong. So uh, they said, well, why wait to the end of the year? I'm going to have a sale now. Yeah, and you can see all of the prices uh, online, stephusgroup.com, right there under their uh, August top 10. And I was kind of 
impressed with the diversity of the items that sold. It's not just one category, Ashley. No, it's not. I mean, for instance, you look at semi-trucks and trailers, uh, again, very, very strong. One thing we don't sell too often, we had a 2012 cab, day cab that brought 80000 uh, So trucks are selling strong. The hopper bottoms are just wild, and partially because of the price of new and the availability. So here's a 2013 Tempty hopper bottom, and it had eight hoppers, but it still brought $45,000. And we sold another Tempty that was an 07, and that brought thirty-two. So, you know, if, if you buy a... In the past, if you've bought a hopper bottom brand new and you're taking good care of it, uh, you've got your money back at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's the other thing that I noticed. It's not like all of this stuff is late model. I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff, 2008 Combine, without the heads, that seemed to bring pretty good dollars, too. Yeah, it does. And all the way through, heads are a different category because they're well used. But again, I mean, whether it's the Combine market or you look at the tractors, especially quad tracks, uh, just extremely high demand. So here's a 2013 quad track we sold, uh, $275,000. You know, you look at that and you say, wow, that's 10 years old already. Yeah. That's a good price. Yeah. Well, and and I like the transparency that you'll be able to see at the steffisgroup.com website. Again, we're talking with Ashley Hewn about their top 10 in the month of August. You guys are very transparent. The sale is done. The price is there. You explain where it came from, the condition, the hours, the whole nine yards. Yeah, really. So whether you're using the price apps, which I find to be the easiest, by the way, but if you're a person that likes to scroll and see everything that happened on an auction, you can just go to the archived auctions, you know, click on that auction. For instance, if you want to look at the Kibble Equipment auction, a lot of late model John Deere stuff, you'll see the 620R four-wheel drive tractor that bought 402000 You'll see the 770 combine that brought 350 All that's on there, full descriptions, the, the 50 to 100 pictures or so on each item, and can make your own buying decisions. And that's what it is. Information is king, folks, and the folks at the Steffes Group are ready to provide it for you or anybody that wants to take a look. Ashley Hewn along with us from the Steffes Group online, steffesgroup.com. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Or you can always pick up the phone and give Ashley a call, 800-726-8609. Still time to get your sale in, 800 726 8609, the is Group. Don't touch that dial. Be sure to stick around with us here on the farm radio as we got your markets coming up next. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Weather around Wisconsin has started to change. Why don't you change up your attitude about the meats you're putting on your sandwiches? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for my friends at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Now remember, they're located just out of Madison in Fitchburg at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road. But anybody can tap into their authentic goodness at BavariaSausage.com or Bavaria Sausage on Facebook. And they want you to know they have got an absolutely amazing selection of... Salami from Bavaria to Hungary, 
from mustard seed to peppercorn, from picante to spicy. You will find it at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. So if you're looking for a little bit of a change-up on that sandwich or just for fun or a refreshing change-up when you're entertaining, take a look at some of the comments from customers on their Facebook page. You can get your order started today online, BavariaSausage.com, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen on Facebook. Judy and the crew won't disappoint. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFin Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report, waking up with you on this Wednesday morning while Pam is in Scotland and Ireland. Join me in wishing her safe travels. While she is out on farm tour, the farm team is here working hard to bring you the best of farm news. Farm team member Carrie Mess recently talked to Van Holten's Pickles. Carrie, take it away. When you think of Wisconsin, do pickles come to mind? Bruce Dorn, Director of Operations at Van Holten's Pickles in Waterloo, shares more about where the pickle on your sandwich got its start. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Tell me about who your growers are. Where do your cucumbers come from? I like to source all of our product from Wisconsin, but we have outgrown the Wisconsin market. Cucumbers are grown the same place potatoes are in Wisconsin in the central sands part of the state, 100% irrigated. If you try to grow cucumbers on non-irrigated soil up in, in the Central Sand area, taking a very, very large risk. We also are receiving product now from Michigan and uh, Indiana and Ohio. And there's only three to four growers left in Wisconsin, so it's a very small uh, industry. Our biggest grower grows 4,500 acres. They supply a little over half of our annual purchases. I can't think that I've ever drove past a cucumber field, but maybe I did and I didn't even realize. It. Years ago, you know, through my uh, years of dealing with cucumber farmers, you used to see a lot of foliage. The growers realized where they're not growing plants, they're growing cucumbers. Nowadays, you can actually see through all of the vines right right down to where most of the cucumbers are laying. They've gotten away from pushing the nitrogen onto the field and growing a plant. They have changed their practices a bit to reduce the foliage and increase yields. Is that also partially the cucumber breed that they're using? Yeah, there's commercial varieties out there that uh, there's several different seed companies in the marketplace. Is there on-farm sorting of sizes? Like, would they have contracts with multiple processors for different size cukes? Yes. All of the Wisconsin growers sell to several different customers. We are, I would consider us to be a medium-sized customer. You have smaller operations that are maybe taking a load uh, 40,000, 40 to 50,000 pounds at a time and they don't use near near the volume that that the bigger players in the industry use. We buy a total of 585,000 bushels in a year's time where these smaller producers may only go through thirty to 40,000 bushels in a year. Cucumbers, when they're harvested, are in, in today's uh, farming techniques. Almost everybody is machine harvesting them, so they are taking the cucumbers. It's a one-pass operation, uh, unlike people in their gardens where they go out and pick their cucumbers every couple of days and, and 
can continue to pick for several weeks. But what our growers do is they are looking for concentrating on the specific sizes that they have contracts for. So we contract for specific sizes. All of our cucumbers are one and five eighths inch in diameter to two inch in diameter. So everything is bought from the farms by diameter. Once we get it into the factory, we sort it down by length. Wisconsin may not be number one in cucumber production, but our cucumber farmers are packing a sour and salty punch in the pickle world. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Looking at the Chicago markets, cash corn is down three and a quarter at 7.09. December new crop corn is down one and a quarter cents at 6.91 and a half. Cash beans are at 15.34 and a quarter, down 15 and a half cents. November beans are up seven and three quarters at 14.86 and a half. December wheat is up six cents at 8.66 and a half. On the dairy side of things, barrel cheese closed up seven and a half cents yesterday at 2.06. 40 pound block cheese closed up four and three quarters at $2. And double A butter closed up seven cents at 3.24. October class three milk contract is trading today at 2149 100 weight that's down 12 cents and november milk is trading at 2175 100 weight that's down 2 cents coming up we have Sally Ladston with DPI and how agriculture teacher numbers are looking for the fall and the license options to help fill vacancies on this Wednesday morning stick around this is the midwest farm report with Pam Youngke When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Nobody knows windows like Wanakee Remodeling. Voted the best window company in Madison 10 years straight, our Renewal by Anderson windows are the most weather-tight, highest quality, and most durable on the market. Make sure you eliminate your old window and door problems. Go with the most trusted name in windows, Renewal by Anderson, from Wanakee Remodeling. Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between. 
Wednesday. I'm Charity Seebecker here for the Midwest Farm Report while Pam is in Ireland and Scotland for farm tour. So I'm happy to be here with you. Thank you for waking up with me. School will be back in session soon, but while kids are going through some big changes, so are the teachers. There's a nationwide crisis for filling empty agricultural education positions across school districts. However, the demand for agriculture teachers continues due to program growth, expansion, retirements, and openings. School districts value the agricultural education model of rigorous STEM-based classroom and laboratory instruction. Sally Ladston, education consultant with DPI, shares more on how agriculture teacher numbers are looking for this year and the license options to help fill vacancies. Throughout this past year, we've had just over 50 teacher changes, and a lot of the teacher changes happen because a teacher in a current school applies for an opening, and then they move to that position, creating an opening in their district. And so it's like that domino effect where one position opens and it creates a ripple effect with others. But some of those positions have been new positions that were created. We're seeing quite a few schools that are looking for different types of career and technical education teachers and looking for ways to fill some of those roles. And so I know there are a few positions that initially started looking for a tech ed teacher, weren't able to find a tech ed teacher. So the district said, are there ways that we could transition these classes into agriculture classes and hire an agriculture teacher instead? So we're seeing some growth in numbers just in that perspective, not necessarily growing the number of total teachers in the state, but specifically the number of agriculture teachers in the state. And that's just due to the shortage that we're seeing across all of career and technical education in terms of trying to find teachers. Right now, we have nine positions still waiting to have a teacher fill them. A lot of our positions have fortunately been filled through some different types of pathways to licensure. I know we have a lot of experience-based licensed individuals coming into the classroom this year, which is exciting to know that we're going to be able to keep those positions going and keep those programs thriving through different routes of getting teachers into the room. But even with getting quite a few experience-based licensed teachers into the classroom, we're still seeing those nine openings. How does hiring work? People who necessarily haven't graduated with an agriculture education degree are still being hired. So can you explain more about how that's possible? There's a variety of pathways to licensure that we have available to us. And in particular, because we're such a high demand area, those pathways are a little bit broader than some other teaching positions might have. Obviously, there's the traditional licensure where individuals can go to a four-year university to obtain a major in agricultural education. And that's the pretty standard route that we'll see people take. But we've got a variety of other license options too, some that have become more relevant in the last few years. An emergency license is what a lot of people will call it, where individuals can get a one-year license from a school district as they're obtaining the credentials needed to get that more permanent type of license. And then we also have something called an experience-based license, which is a process where a school district can utilize a point system that looks at both an individual's experience in the industry of agriculture, as well as their knowledge and experience in a classroom-type setting. And so individuals who haven't gone a traditional route or maybe aren't doing that emergency type of pathway are able to go through this route with a school district sponsoring them, showcasing their plan of action to ensure that that individual is getting the correct preparation and training that they need to not only understand the science of teaching and the art of teaching, but also what that looks like in an agriculture setting. Why do you think there is a shortage of agriculture teachers? What do you think is causing it that you're seeing?
seeing? I think there's a variety of reasons that we're seeing the shortage. Quite frankly, I think education in general is starting to see a shortage. We've known that agricultural education has had a shortage for a long time, but we're starting to see other areas approaching those need levels as well. And I think part of it is just really the time that it takes to put into a classroom and get it to the level that we want it to be. In agricultural education, we talk about the three-component model. And so those three components are the classroom instruction, the typical classroom setting, leadership development through the National SFA organization, and then work-based learning or hands-on learning through their supervised agricultural experiences. And so when we think about that three-component model, in Ag Ed, we are really proud of that model and the strength that it has in enforcing different concepts for students. But we also recognize the amount of time and dedication that that takes on the teacher's end because their work isn't ending at the end of the classroom day or at the end of their grading period or whatever it might be. That work continues on into the weekends, into the summers, things like that. And so we see a lot of time that goes into that. And the level of connection that individuals have with their students can sometimes also bring on an extra level of work and responsibility that people have. And so looking at that, it's, I think, coming down to a major decision on individuals' parts of what the work-life balance looks like. And I think as a state agency, I know one of my primary goals is trying to find ways to support teachers and take things off of their plates to make their workload a little bit more manageable and easier. But also I know through the state of Wisconsin, we have a really awesome agricultural education group called our Wisconsin Association of Agricultural Educators, and they're doing the same thing of trying to find ways to support teachers and take things off of their plates. That was Sally Latson with DPI. There are still currently nine vacancies available. She encourages those interested to reach out, whether it's educators, dairy or crop farmers or anywhere in between one thing of priority is safety september 18th through the 24th is national farm safety and health week farm team member carrie mess talks with 75th allison dairyland taylor schaefer to learn more choppers are getting rolling in the fields combines and grain carts will be on the road soon taylor schaefer 75th allison dairyland shares a little bit more about farm safety week harvest season will fast be approaching but we will be celebrating farm safety week september 18th through the 24th where we are protecting agriculture's future farm safety week is meant to celebrate and uplift american farmers while sharing ways to reduce accidents during harvest season and throughout the year so every day also has an area of focus. It includes rural roadways, safety and health for youth or women in agriculture, confined spaces, and overall mental health. The Wisconsin Division of Extension shares some resources to make sure that you are staying safe on the road during harvest season. And those resources can be found on my website at allisondairyland.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.